Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined today by Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. It is time for our Saturday conversation. Each and every Saturday, Paul and I try to get together, talk a little Longhorn football and sports as well. Uh, Paul, welcome in. How are you doing today? Hey, doing all right. How about you? Uh, Well, you know, I'm I'm ready for this a little bit. I think we've got some raw meat uh, on the bone here for us to to sink our teeth into. Uh, Thanks to one Urban Meyer. Uh, the former head football coach uh, of Ohio State, Florida, three-time national championship coach, and what he said yesterday. Let's let the fans listen real quick. Um, I think Georgia and Ohio State are in very good positioning. I think Texas, you didn't mention them, but, you know, don't sleep on Texas this year. I was talking to Mark Pantone, and I was talking to the uh, recruiting uh, director at Ohio State and some other uh, man-for-man roster against roster. It's hard to say Texas doesn't have the best roster in college football right now. Yeah. Now they they, they got to play. They, it's been a while since Texas has been good uh, or elite. Um, but their quarterback, I, I watched him live against Alabama before he got hurt, and they could have won that game. And we all know Quinn Ewers from when he was at Ohio State. So uh, I think Georgia, Ohio State, and Texas are in pretty good shot. All right, Paul. The quote, word for word, man for man, roster against roster. It's hard to say Texas doesn't have the best roster in college football right now. What are your thoughts on that statement? Is it just – it's too broad a brush, in my opinion. Yes, but to put it mildly, uh, that's, this is classic passive-aggressive Urban Meyer. I, I can't quite put my finger on what he's trying to do, but uh, let me give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> why are you smiling, Bobby? Uh, I think he's trying to build Texas up and over over hype expectations so that any stumble is seen as a this incredible failure by the the current staff uh i think he's kept some animus towards texas from the tom herman imbroglio right uh he should be firing all these missiles at florida atlantic right but i guess uh he's not interested in that i i got a question why is urban meyer being why is he in public right now why is he being interviewed why is he why is he showing his face? Is this like we're just permanently put death to shame? Like we don't we don't do guilt or shame in the society anymore. Like what his penance should be three to five years before he can rehabilitate himself. I want to see him working at a soup kitchen for a while before he starts opining on football again. Well, I, I think that he, he is a three time national championship coach, still beloved in uh, Columbus, by the way. Uh, and, you know led them back, took over for a Jim Trestle program that was in pretty good shape, uh, but was hit by NCAA sanctions. Uh, But I think he started and put Ohio State on a more consistent high than maybe anybody has at that program in quite a while. And, of course, won a national championship uh, there with Tom Herman as his head coach. My my question, I'm not so much – I'm not as worried about Urban Meyer, though, as what he said, um, Paul. And I disagree with it because I look at the offensive and defensive lines at Texas, and I don't see anybody as disruptive as some other people have on the defensive line at other programs, top-tier programs. Like, I don't see a first-round draft pick on the Texas defensive line right now, like some of those bigger programs, Georgia, Ohio State, most likely do. On the offensive line, another place, I see as good a talent. I don't see 
the experience yet with that the talent. Like even though Texas is returning five starting offensive linemen, which is great, the preponderance of really talented first, second round, third round picks are actually in the freshman sophomore ranks, not in the junior senior ranks. So where I have an issue or where I take issue with Urban Meyer is the idea that somehow Texas man for man is as good as 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 talented as some other teams. I agree, but in the trenches right now, they're still a little bit behind uh, the elite of the elite because of the age difference in part, right? Yeah, I mean, particularly offensive line and and quarterback, frankly. Uh, Talent unleavened with experience is just potential, right? And they're going to have growing pains. There's things that they still haven't seen on a college football field that they need to adjust to. They're still not physically developed as much as they're going to be. They're not technically as proficient as they're going to be. There's a world of difference between a really talented, true sophomore offensive lineman and a fifth-year senior offensive lineman. Same guy, right? I mean, Katori Leviston for Kansas State is going to be their starting tackle again. Uh, He's going to get drafted in the NFL. Three years ago, he shouldn't be starting on a football field. And, And he'd tell you that. So... You know, there's there's a dramatic improvement that offensive linemen, quarterbacks have to make from year to year. And Texas still is going to be making those improvements. They still have to show that they can make those improvements. I'd also be remiss, Bobby, if I didn't mention that Urban Meyer, one of the reasons you would consult him is he's an award-winning author on leadership. He has a, a book on Amazon. You guys should buy it now. It's called Above the Line. Above the Line, Bobby. Lessons in Leadership, Life, from a championship program. Mm. So uh, I do think that, uh, look, I mean, the guy is a successful coach. Uh, obviously he failed in the NFL. Obviously he, he's probably not a guy you would trust with a lot in your, in your life. Uh, but I, I do think he's got ulterior motives here. I don't think he's just acting as a white hat analyst. I think he's trying to advance a narrative and I think he's just talking nonsense. Also, I wouldn't be surprised I doubt he could name five players on Texas's team. I, I really do. If you just caught him unawares and said, hey, you know, you, you did this deep dive on Texas and said, you know, man for man, they're the most talented roster. Can you name five guys for me real quick? I think he'd struggle to do that. I think uh, he could name Quinn Ewers, right? He, because of the Quinn Ohio Ewers, State. Who, who's what, that little skinny kid? Uh, you know, he, 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 this is just nonsense, right? It's silly season fodder and – I know we get to, to talk, talk about it and talk about the red meat, uh, but I think any Longhorn fans who are interpreting this as validation, I'd say be very wary. Yeah, I, I don't see it as validation either, and I think that that's what, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up. Um, I think it's interesting, though, uh, because it is offseason, and a lot of these rankings have started to coming out. You know, Texas with the number two or three quarterback room, the number two or three wide receiver room, yeah. uh, top – three or four tight end room, whatever that means, when really they only have one tight end at this point, you know. Um, the offensive line brings all five starters back. So so there, there's some, there's elements and kernels of truth in what he's saying. Um, how he got there is a different story. But my question um, to you is more of, you know, where are they in this, where is Texas at this point in their development stage? I mean, yes, we've talked about it. We think Texas is going to have as many as 10 picks next year in the NFL draft. That'd be the highest in forever for the Longhorns. But but 
we think the best is still yet to come after these two top five classes back to back, right? Yeah. I mean, look, to me, the rubber meets the road. Uh, one of the things that I like to have independently verified as an analyst, because I'm, I'm pretty optimistic on Texas. I haven't been shy about that. I think inside Texas has been pretty optimistic in general. Bobby, you'll be predicting that we'll lose our opener by 48 points to keep up a proud tradition. But uh, the rest of us will be predicting a win. But the, where the rubber meets the road is that big palace built out in the desert in the middle of nowhere called Las Vegas. And if you go and look at the lines for the Big 12, who's going to win it? I'm on Bet Rivers right now. Texas is plus 125. Next best odds are Oklahoma at 325. K-State, 550. Tech, 900. Those are massive disparities in, in odds favorites, right? Um, and that's that you, I bet Texas earlier at better odds uh, just two weeks ago, plus 160. And that's already dropped to plus 125. So Vegas, and I understand that you have to control for the, for the fact that Texas is a public betting team. So you're going to get a little bit of inflation. I get that. Even if you adjust for that, Texas is the overwhelming favorite to win the Big 12. And, and Vegas is not going to set an arbitrarily stupid line if they haven't done some analysis with their own sharps, their own in-house folks, and said, this is a reasonable line where we can balance public interest also with the reality of the product on the field. So to me, that's kind of where the rubber meets the road. And ultimately, uh, you know, put your money where your mouth is, right? That's what people say about your predictions. Well, Vegas gives you the opportunity to do that. And then they're saying Texas is the overwhelming favorite to win the league. Got it. Um, speaking with Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Paul, we, we talk about this and, and the talent level at Texas. I just went over the offense. Encapsulate the defense and where you think it's at. Because uh, on Friday, Ian Boyd and I had an interesting conversation about uh, whether we thought the pass defense or the rush defense would be the calling card of the Texas defense in 2023. Uh, Ian said something interesting to me. He said he thinks it's going to be uniquely the pass defense because he doesn't see, while he thinks that the run defense will be as good as it was a year ago, he thinks the pass defense has a chance to be even better this year. I agree with Ian and a couple of things. Um, in modern college football, although it, it doesn't follow the cliche, right? Pass defense is more important. Because you can, if you have decent personnel, you can stop the run situationally. You can do it just with numbers, right? <clears throat> pass defense, there are no clear passing downs anymore, right? First and 10 is a passing down. Second and three is a passing down. You know, these time-honored traditions of football, unless you're in third and 17, it's not really clear what the team, other team has to do, the other offense, right? So... It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. 
loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Um, I think I agree with the end there. I think that is where our strengths are. And I think also, formationally, we could make some tweaks in this offseason. Ian and I have talked a little bit about how good this team potentially could be in dime. Because... You've got big, fairly aggressive defensive backs that you can put on the front line running man under. Guys like Ryan Watts, guys like Jade Barron. Um, and you can got some guys who can cover over the top. And once you've got six really above average to very good defensive backs out there, and then you've got a pretty good run-stopping linebacker in Jalen Ford, you've got a, uh, you, could, you could create a wall of three big bodies up front you can stop most big 12 offenses and you know, if they run the ball a little bit, you know, whatever, as long as you're not giving up big plays, you're not giving up consistent passing yardage, which was, you know, the one, the one, um, the one fault of the Kwiatkowski's defense is they really struggled to stop the intermediate passing game in some key moments. Right. And uh, if you can go out in that kind of formation with that kind of personnel, you really have a good chance to do that. So this could be completely dreamed up in our heads and we're not going to do dime. Kwiatkowski doesn't have a huge history of doing that. He used to do that against Washington State and Leach, but that's kind of a unique animal. But yeah, I, long story short, I agree with Ian that the strength of this defense should be pass defense. And I think that whatever shortcomings they may have as a run-stopping unit, you can always stop that situationally. You know, we know what's going to happen in the goal line. We know what's going to happen on third and two. Um, and you can play accordingly. Paul, speaking with Paul Wallington of Inside Texas. Paul, give us give a shout out to our sponsor, Gabe Winslow, if you would. Well, we talked about Vegas and setting a line and gambling. This guy, it's not a gamble. It's guaranteed money in your pocket. He's going to work and fight for you. Let him put his 20 years of experience and uh, very high intellect to uh, on your behalf fighting for the best possible rate and the best possible deal. There's more to being a mortgage broker than just quoting you a rate. Uh, there's some places you could get that done online. The question is, do you have someone creative enough to get the loan done, no matter what your situation? That's Gabe, 832-557-1095. All right, thanks a bunch, Gabe. We appreciate it. Um, Paul, uh, as we finish this up, I, 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 I go to this in what Ian and I also came back to, and I want to get your thoughts on this. You mentioned the dime package, which Texas could go to. Another idea is kind of to press outside a little bit more with either Gavin Holmes or Terrence Brooks, as opposed to the off coverage that Deshaun Jameson played so much of last year. Um, that, you know, that in and of itself was a problem for Texas in short yardage uh, almost all season, particularly against guys like, Texas Tech. Um, is, is that a true answer or just a part of the solution uh, to, to that uh, kind of tactic by an opposing team? Yes, it is. And it's not an or solution. It's more of an and solution, which is if, say, for example, they come out in a run formation, you know, run personnel, I should say, not formation, two tight ends, etc. If you can still stay in your nickel, stop the run, you're so you're so much more freed to press and still have one or two guys back there who have your back, right? That's a huge part of football. And that was the fear I think Kwiatkowski had last year is 
hey, I, I just don't trust my corners enough, particularly Jamison uh, and his skill set to go get in people's faces on third and six and get that stop, right? Or at least challenge that little in route that we know is coming. And I think we're going to be much more empowered to do that. And I think that's going to be because of the personnel changing, but also potentially because of the formations we can run where those guys still feel like they've got someone behind them. It's not zero coverage where, you know, Hey, they missed their tackle or the guy puts a move on them. It's an 80 yard touchdown, right? No, no defense wants to surrender a big passing play. That's the biggest no, no in, in football. So I think they're going to be much more empowered on those downs, not only because of the, the actual personnel that we have out there, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks, Ryan Watts, Jaday Barron. I mean, I, I have no problem with that guy pressing a slot, right? But also we can still keep some coverage over the top and, and not feel like we're completely exposed. Uh, and that's also where Jalen Ford comes in. You know, don't underestimate the value of the linebackers. You know, he had three interceptions last year. As the year progressed, you saw him become a much more effective pass defender. Uh, I, I think the Texas pass defense could be really, really good. Well, and, and I think Jalen Ford actually finished with four interceptions last year. Oh, I, I mean, you're I, right. Yeah, no, I it's just, I mean, he was impressive, right? Um, and, and you could see him getting into his drops. You know, the one secondary guy that we don't talk enough about and what his impact might mean, perhaps because we didn't see him this spring, is Jalen Catalan, right? Yeah. So at Arkansas, he was known as a ball hawk. I think what he had five picks his freshman year. Um, what what is a guy, a safety that can maybe get down in the box, maybe jump some routes, do for this defense? Uh, and how does how does it affect what Pete Kwiatkowski as defensive coordinator can do? So I kind of view Jalen Catalan as the defense's Isaiah Naor which is whatever we get out of him ranges from gravy to, you know, Bobby's throwing down his credit card at the, the Brazilian steakhouse and we're getting after it. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, I just don't know his health. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not counting on him. That's, that's not even factoring into my analysis of this defense, but if we get a healthy Jalen Catalan, I want him back there as my, true free safety because the for the reason you mentioned he's a very instinctive player he sees things he sees what the offense is trying to do he sees routes developing and he doesn't react to it he proacts to it right he's proactively running to a spot because he goes i know this i've seen this and he's got the guts and the skill level that he could make that break on the ball and not get a batted pass or a contested catch. He's grabbing it and going the other way. And that, I mean, talk about setting back an offense. Talk about setting back the mentality of a quarterback. Giving up a pick six on your bread and butter play that you think you're going to get the first down conversion, boy, that will set you back on offense. And, and I think that's also the biggest factor in being a really good pass defense. Are you just defending or are you attacking their passing game? Are you getting the ball? Are you taking the ball? Are you, are you creating turnovers? I mean, Derek Johnson's one of the greatest Longhorns in history because the dude forced nine fumbles one year. Like, that's unheard of. Earl Thomas, what, he had seven or eight picks his sophomore season? I mean, that, that is changing games. And when you can give the offense a short field – when you can get a, a, an easy, cheap turnover, 
you're just playing at a different level of defense from getting stops. And I think that's what Jalen Catalan gives you. He is a guy who's going to go turn the ball over, forcing fumbles, getting interceptions. If he's healthy, he's a guy who can get you six or seven turnovers that you would not have otherwise have gotten without him in the lineup. You feel like me, like this will be Pete Kwiatkowski's best defense? It better be. What do you think it, it, it really is? Predi- what do you think it depends on? You know, I, I think, and I'm pretty optimistic about it. And frankly, getting Trill really helped shore up that defensive line where I think they're going to be able to bring it on every down and not be concerned about conditioning or saving a little in their gas tank. What I saw of Alfred Collins in the spring game pleased me. Uh, if you go rewatch it and don't just follow the ball, Alfred had much more impact than I think you would think at first blush. Uh, Byron Murphy, I, I'm a believer. I'm a buyer of Byron. Uh, I think Tavondre Sweat is interestingly, he's the guy in all these mock drafts that they've got going in the second round. He didn't play that hard, frankly, in the spring game. Now, maybe he's like, I've been here, done that. Uh, let's get on to the real football. That's cool and all, but I'd like to see Tavondre demonstrate quickly that he understands that he has the ability to earn a paycheck that can change his family's life. And, and he has that potential. So if you get those four big guys going and, and Carter from his Minnesota tape, I didn't just watch his highlights. I also watched just, just a game. He's got a great motor. He gets after it, not an elite player, not elite traits, but he's got motor and he brings it. And that's, that counts for a lot in an interior defensive lineman, especially as a compliment to those other three guys. So if they play to the potential that I think, and then Baron Sorrell to me is, I think, solid. I just think he's sound as a pound. Like, I know what I'm getting out of him. I know what I'm getting out of Jalen Ford. You've got the structure up front. Now I want to see that defensive backfield go make plays. And, and if they can, this defense could be really good. And it could be Kukowski's best at any of those stops, frankly, not just at Texas. Got it. All right. Speaking with Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas, uh, this has been our Saturday conversation. We'll leave it there uh, for today, Paul, uh, and catch up again next week. Same time, same channel. Uh, For Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks to our advertiser, Gabe Winslow of MortgagesByGabe.com. Thanks. Hook them.